Decentralization is stupid. It's grossly inefficient. Every decentralized player has a bias. I don't think any fiat currency stays forever. Is the US dollar construct and petrodollar construct actually good for anyone? Not only do I not think it's healthy, but I don't think it will survive unless the government were to get really smart and move into crypto. I think a hundred plus trillion dollar industry, what I call the digitization of planet Earth. If I'm right, this thing's going to a quarter of a million dollars in probably the next two years. That is an industry. It's not about Bitcoin. People are really misunderstanding this. Bitcoin is going to be an industry. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good. Pretty good. How are you, Gary? Good, man. Good. I, I, I got a little confused about our meeting. I thought it was at, at one o'clock today, but uh, I'm hanging out with you, dude. So happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's 1 p.m. my time. What time is it over? Well, where are so, you based? I'm in the, I'm on the East Coast. It's 11 p.m. Oh, wow. Very late. Okay. Thank you for doing it so late. No, no problem, man. I, I, I like to live it up to my commitments. When my assistant gets here, this will never happen again. She's out. She's been out for two weeks. So. <laughs> oh, no. Thank you, Gary. I really appreciate this. Um, it's Andy, right? Yes. So, so um, what do you do? So I have an online education company called studying.com and we teach people how to build online e-commerce businesses. We show them how to start the Shopify store, source the products, run the advertisements. So we show them the whole process from A to Z and we sort of walk them through the process over 12 months. Oh, that's cool. And do you sell them that on like a subscription program? I take it. So we used to do subscription, but now it's sort of like a one-time upfront payment. They usually, we charge, right now we charge 17,000 USD for the 12 months. And if they can't make at least 17,000 USD, we give them a full refund. Oh, that's cool, man. And no problems. You don't have refunds, a bunch of refunds and chargebacks. Before when we just had the course, that was more of an issue, but now since we sort of guide them through one-on-one, -on -one, it's more sort of in-person coaching um, and they shop on a weekly call every single week. Usually they get results, um, but prior when it was just the digital product, that's sort of when we had more issues. Yeah, right. Yeah, the internet is not sticky unless there's a human touch, I think. That's it. And, and human touch is hard to scale, but I think I had to sort of take two, three steps back, put in the hard work, and hopefully we'll be able to figure out a better way to scale this time around. Yeah, good luck, man, good luck. That's how we started uh, one of my businesses. I don't know how much you know about me, but we started the payment, we got into the payments business because in like 2007 or something, I was at a trade show and I met a young guy like you and, and he was selling t-shirts. It was a trade show with a bunch of internet players back in the day of uh who was the affiliate network the big affiliate click booth you know all those click guys bank. clickbank yeah well clickbank ended up becoming a very large client of cb911s actually for for a lot of reasons right so but when um when i saw what the internet was doing i, I www it made me realize from my commodity background oh wow everything's getting ready to be commoditized because when you create a marketplace, a virtual marketplace or any marketplace where everyone gets to see what the input prices are and the output prices are. Transparency leads to commoditization. Commoditization leads to a massive reduction in margin. 
And this is what all the legacy players fear. But volumes explode. They always forget. Yeah, but dude, the volume's going to explode with the caveat. Can't have any friction. Now, the problem with the payments industry is you got so much friction and the friction's coming from the plumbing. They call it fraud. Half of your chargebacks were fraudulent claims. I'm in trouble with the FTC right now with this because I'm like, they made their reason code was it was fraud. Yet the product was delivered not once, twice, three times. No one's even saying it wasn't delivered. It can't possibly be fraud. It was delivered. Okay. You agreed that you put it on your credit card. You did not get a replacement credit card. That is not a fraudulent reason for a That is not a reason to file a chargeback. That's a reason to call up and ask for a refund and then go on social media and bash that retailer into oblivion. And we don't need a better, ex a better example than to show Budweiser. What can happen to a company when they fuck up their advertising or they fail to deliver what the customer wants? They don't file chargebacks. They go on social media and they say, we're stopping. We're done. And so the whole chargeback mechanism, we saw, I saw this opportunity. I'm like, you have two worlds colliding. You have an old world construct, right? And nothing... Like all these businesses, what are they? They're nothing but constructs, right? Just made up rules. And, but they had these rules. The rules were set for you and I walking into a fruit stand and sharing a credit card with each other and signing a, signing a thing. You're probably too young to remember that. Um, and now they're using the exact same tools with some multi-billion dollar bolt-ons, companies they're allowed to buy. They go and buy all these fraud companies. Then they make money selling the tools to literally tape up all the freaking holes in the plumbing system because this can't possibly help be all fraud now if i'm buying a seventeen thousand dollar coaching program and i'm 16 years old and i got oversold undersold supersold guaranteed uh the greatest thing in sliced cheese is gonna that's fraudulent advertising it's you know you should have complaints uh the question is when do you like go into this when is it a chargeback you know and to me, it was always like, dude, it's because I came from commodities. Like I'd be hanging out with a guy like you. The, the bell rings nine o'clock in the morning. You're working for Goldman and we are violent enemies for the next 12 hours. Man. Hey, I'm a buyer. I'm a seller. And sometimes we can actually become friends, right? And buddies. But with the retail market, the poor retail market's paying for all of these band-aids and stop gaps and hey, we're going to insure you. The problem is, I, I, I don't think these two worlds coalesce, right? I call Goldman, sell them 100 megawatts power. There's no force majeure. There's no, oh gosh, it was the wrong peak. Okay, these, I just claim this isn't the reason. It's not sustainable. I mean, if you notice what's going on in, in, in uh, California, they made a rule that said, hey, we will not prosecute and take to jail anyone that steals less than $750. You know what happened? about 12 stores in, in, in Northern California, like the size of Walmart, CVS, Walgreens are literally abandoning their operation because people are walking in, dude, a dozen guys like you get on Twitter, you know, or TikTok or ding dong. Hey man, Grand Central Intent looks fucking great for pickings. Let's go hammer it for two hours, 600 bucks. You don't think they're doing this on online on chargebacks, man? shit it's unbelievable so the whole system this is why i've gotten into this industry what i call the digital asset world the entire 
paradigm of the old world that you didn't you weren't even born in the what i call pre-21st century it is literally crumbling at, at, at every edge at every idea every construct the very three centuries we built our entire ethos on at least the last three three centuries has assumed that we have a big bang theory you know and that theory is gone history so almost everything is changing at one critical point in history so i don't know how we started off in that but you got me excited and you got me awake now so oh it was the chargeback piece it's just really showing you how broken everything is right um because I, I mean immediately knew if the business you're in you're going to get chargebacks now, your, what's your geography? Where do you sell into? Um, so we sell worldwide. Most of our clients are in Australia and United States. The demographic is roughly around mid-20s to sort of late 30s. How do you uh, manage your credit card processing? Right now, we build them directly through Stripe. What's your, and your, your average ticket, 17? Usually, we break it up into payment plans, and they maybe do... 200 a week, 1,000 a month, and we sort of spread it over the year. What's the effective interest rate on that deal? Um, no interest, so we break it up for free. Okay, you just want to get paid. Yes. Yeah, I got it, I understand. How many units do you do a year? So we only recently shifted to this model over the last three months and we're sort of building out the acquisition process so right now we're, we're getting only it's been three months so we've only gotten one or two clients each month but prior to that we we're selling like three thousand dollar courses a thousand dollar courses and i think at then we're able to maybe do like half a million a year good good for you man good for you well what? how can i help yeah i think we, we can keep talking about what you're talking about the thing i wrote down was i had a client his name was, it was a one-on-one -on -one coaching. We had recorded Zoom calls. Everything was fine. And one day I wake up and I have a bunch of disputes, as you mentioned, and it was on Stripe. And then I went ahead and counter disputed. I attached the Zoom recordings, him accessing the online portal, and I lost the dispute and he got all his money back. And I was like, oh, yeah. wow, that sucks. Yeah. So what is happening there, Gary? Yeah, well, that's exactly why I'll end up winning this case, man. Uh, because system is really, really broken. Okay. Who, do you remember who the client's issuing bank was? Maybe it was Citibank. Um, can't remember exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame, man. I mean, it, it, see, the problem is you have to hire a professional. You, you guys that think you can do this yourself, I've sold my interest in CB911. I no longer have an interest. I hope they do really well. I do kind of have an interest in, I really want them to do well. Uh, but I have no, I've been out of the business on an operating level for five years and been a non-shareholder for a year and a half or so. But see, the problem with the, with the, with the uh, chargeback mechanism is it's skewed heavily in favor of the issuer. Uh, which is I, a lot a lot of the consumer, right? And you are see my our position is hey, what we were doing was technical, following Visa Mastercard guidelines, and everything that includes. Like you don't go in and defend someone in a uh, any type of case, right? Legal case, and your defense is hey, let me 
strip down in front of you and show you everything you didn't even ask about, right? What's the job of the defense? The job of the defense is, excuse me, I, I did nothing wrong. This is what the intent was. And these are the rules I was following. It just so happens that two years ago, MasterCard, I believe, don't hold me to it, changed the rules on chargebacks. Like 135 changes were made in one quarter. Now you say, well, how could 135 changes be made? These documents are so complex. I'll bet you the $5 million I've spent on this lawsuit with the government, I'll bet you all $5 million, that you could not get one lawyer to agree to actually what they mean. Because they were created in 1968, put in place in 1972, and wake up, fucking world. It's the 21st century, 2023, dude. We're like 50 years later, okay? The payment system is fraught, just fraught with fraud and plumbing problems. And the fraud part of it is that there is no accountability whatsoever because there are no rules. See, there are no real rules. Like in the commodity markets, right? Like you go and start selling it into, and I know you're like saying, hey, why is he bringing up the commodity markets? Well, let me tell you, the, the guy that makes all this shit that people buy, that, that the whole Visa, MasterCard banking system has like gotten everybody on the drip, a bunch of zombie consumers, okay? So here we are, we have a matrix. And if you look at, I look at businesses and I literally wanna know from get go, just like playing a monopoly game. Hey, how do you get to the end, right? It, tell me everybody that's in the value chain. And then I go find a piece of the value chain. Hopefully the whole thing's undergoing some type of serious stress, okay? When, when there's a recession, like this is when I build businesses. Almost every time I build a business in a recession. Funny. Same with my brother, and we both went into our first career day was in the top of the most severe recession that the United States had ever seen. It's kind of interesting, right? Oh, wow. Finished college. I am the baby boomer, right? Uh, I think I am. I am whatever that massive population is. Well, that was my year, 58, uh, 50, uh, 81, getting out of school. Now, imagine you're not in a global market. Uh, there are more people graduating from college than ever in the United States history. And we're in a fucking recession. Dude. Okay. So there were a thousand people looking for a job and me, I had to go get a job. And so I learned how to hustle, hustle, get a, get a good job. Um, where I'm going to is the guys that make this stuff. Okay. For the dildos and the coaching programs and the blah, blah, the, like these are all consumption goods. They are not necessary. Now, I'm not trying to hurt your business. I think people need to be coached. I spent millions on coaching. I spent millions on stupid shit too, okay? And, and because you know why? Because my job in the matrix is to do one thing. It, it, it's simply to do one thing. If you look at this as a game, okay? Or whatever reality is, the job of the consumer is surely to consume. It's amazing. I say that to people and you're like, oh, fuck, dude. The more you think about that, you're like, well, huh. notice I didn't say consume and pay. I didn't say consume and stay in good fiscal health. I didn't say consume and don't get hooked on drugs. No, I just say fucking consume. This is the only thing that makes sense for the outcome. We're all looking around going, 
dude, how can you sell a $13,000 freaking training program? I'm sure you're going to edit that. Okay. Like, I don't care where I, where I get my help from as long as it works. So, but I just think we're moving into a world that like, you know, you can't have all this friction. You cannot just have people going, well, at Citibank, see your answer. It was the trick question. I'll ask the government one day when, when if they have the fucking balls to get in court. Hey, by the way, um, why did the defense ask, well, was it, who was your acquiring bank and who was the issuer? You know what your answer should have been? Dude, it shouldn't fucking matter. The rules should be the same, okay? And so here's a very, very good example. Uh, you see this logo in the back, my digital assets, right? Very good example why the digital asset universe, 21st century compressed technology capabilities, AI, find a gap in there. It's going to be like mercury flooding into every low point in the history of mankind because th this fractionization, this you know, basically massive decentralized banking system. It's decentralized, ends up in a bunch of decentralized pots of P&L, Barclays. Oh, I got losses on chargebacks. I got customers complaining. And then Bank of America, and they're all filing chargebacks against each other and receiving chargebacks. Again. So much to the point they hired 62,000 people in the United States and Europe. Six and a half billion dollars overhead of what I would say, or absolute amateurs, absolute amateurs with extreme bias to keep their P&L from taking negative hits from chargebacks and or chargeback dispute related cost centers. Like when you call up Bank of America tomorrow morning, understand that is a $27 phone call for them, right? As soon as they, you need any service, it's 20, you know, dude, you just figured out, hey, white glove service pays better and I retain my customer better, but it's a $27 phone call. And in fact, if it's a professional, if it's a fucking professional like me, it's a $3,000 phone call. So you're never going to get to me. You're just going to end up with the robot. Now, let's move to artificial intelligence, right? Well, we're, I mean, I could rant forever about this chargeback situation. Do you really think you can build artificial intelligence without one set of rules? You, you cannot have, well, let's see if it's Citibank having a chargeback against Strike based on their, their current balance with high risk buckets of bins that they fucking do load balancing on on an international freaking basis <laughs> load balancing on a merchant like dude they're doing it on an international banking basis are you kidding me like <laughs> y'all are bitching about a guy having 100 bank accounts it's like uh you might want to go check out how the back end of the banking system's working because people are fucking shifting risk chargeback ratios, treasury note rate. I, I lived in this world. Of course we are. When you have a market that's opaque, transparent, bunch of shit doing deals being done on the high end of the, you know, the back end. And then, you know, in another set of alleys, because they're selling crack. Well, man, look at those guys. You're like, dude, my buddies are calling his buddies. Hey, man, let's go wipe this. Let's go shark the fuck out of this company. People say this doesn't go on. It absolutely goes on. It goes on all the time. And markets are not correct. Because if markets were correct, I think the credit card industries, like their multiples are stupid. With all these problems, like why is it that you can't, you're a smart guy, why is it you can't go into a card scheme, public public uh, shareholding in a card scheme and see what how much money they make from fees and fines? 
Okay. In fact, hey, what about the U.S. government? What, what's their little treasury note? Look, what's their treasury bucket? While the guy gets a bonus and hey, he gets kicked up in the Senate or you know sucking some guy's dick on on the Congress floor because he wants to like advance his career. I mean, this is scary, man. Okay, it's scary because it's all in the dark. And the beauty about digitization and the blockchain, I think I could win. I think I could run on this platform. I'm getting ready to meet with a guy named Babek who's running for president. He's going to run, I think. I'd do the same thing with Trump, but if I, I'm giving some PR advice right here, this is the campaign I would run on. First here, dude, Andy, I, I must like you, man. U.S. government shall be on the blockchain audited every 10 minutes. Okay, now that's outlandish, right? But amazing. Imagine that. Imagine if everything that the U.S. government did was on a public blockchain and audited every freaking 10 minutes. Now, that is the right way to run a business, okay? Even if I could accomplish 30% of the mundane stuff, not the secret, top secret, super alien stuff and who stole a trillion dollars from another guy, you're never going to get there. It's going to be on a private little deal, right? Under another super private little deal that's, you know, it's going to be rabbit holes upon rabbit holes. I'm not su suggesting that, but imagine if, if the chargeback space employs six a billion people. Now, I'm talking about before there is a chargeback. There's 62,000 people going to show up to work tomorrow, whether it's charged back. Now, AI shows up. It has no rules because Visa, MasterCard, American Express, Discover, and the Chinese banking, the Ant Financial. None of these people have the same rules. Oh, by the way, none of the terms and conditions of any retailer selling on the Internet are consistent with the other. Why would that possibly be? If indeed the government wants clear, transparent trading, everybody knows if they're buying a subscription or if we're buying a, a dildo that's made out of mercury or steel or Coca-Cola. Like, why aren't all the terms and conditions like easy for an eight-year-old to read, man? One page, okay? This is refund policy for everything in the whole history of mankind. That's the way the oil markets work. That's the way the natural gas markets work. That's the way electricity works. And the very people that serve the industries that all these people are buying all this shit, let me tell you, they're exposed to commodity risk. And those people can't have refunds, chargebacks, and excessive stressful costs that add to their whole ecosphere, right? The, the commodity guy, the guy that's, you know, making the, making the, the plastic, like there's a bunch of inputs there, right? So they've got plastic. He goes to the retailer. His margin's getting collapsed. He then sells online thinking, oh, dude, I'm going to crush it. No brick and mortar. Guess who took up all the brick and mortar inefficiencies? The virtual cartel, dude, where every little payment has to step through some guy taking a drip, right? Taking an absolute drip of everything. And then you look at it and go, what, what did you do for that? You answered a telephone call from an irate consumer 17% of who are inebriated when they bought something online, factually, 17% of every purchase online is made by somebody completely slaughtered. I mean, now you start thinking about it. Well, of course. And we have a very fractured, fractured terms and conditions. We have no, no conditions on terms and conditions. Like the amount of money lawyers have made from the irrational thought that you could have a macro global market trading at high speed 
with unique individual terms and conditions is fucking stupid at the highest level, dude. And if it's not stupid, it's criminal because they knew this was going to happen. And they just milking the poor person because I don't put up with any of this shit. Let me tell you, I don't get chargebacks. I don't pay for fucking chargebacks. I don't pay for late fees, wire fees. I, I got, I call the bank room and go, dude, wipe them all, man. I'm not, or I'll move, but I'm different. See, it's not fair to the other guys. So I think that business, that the whole payments industry has so many problems. Look, I'm just talking about one problem and it's a trillion dollar problem. And you can say, well, yeah, but it's a little tip of the spear problem. Well, let me tell you the way, uh, entire empires get overrun is that the first the first cut is the deepest man okay and now these companies are so big they don't even feel these cuts so one day this is the old saying right slowly 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 then oh my god dude the waterfall is dropping right drip 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 and then all of a sudden smash which by the way, that's awesome because if it was a waterfall from the get-go, every startup would get wiped out completely. See, that's what I I would actually take a very different strategy if I was all these legacy guys. I'd start vomiting stuff all over the place and choke all the youngsters. I mean, just flood them, man. Flood just flood you, drown you with deal flow and show how inept you are to be able to handle this kind of scale and scope. So I'm not suggesting that anyone's doing anything wrong. I think the payment system is older than my grandmother and she's dead. She's been dead a long, long time. And they're literally holding on to a skeleton. I love these people. Okay. They're some of the best people I've ever met, but the world's changing, man. You know, I, I, uh, I need a road that, that can handle my Range Rover. Um, I need a dashboard that tells me I can do 110 and not worry about my, my tire blowing out. And I don't need to know how the Range Rover works. I, I need. I feel very comfortable doing that, right? I have no knowledge. It's no friction. Bang, bang. It always works. 13% uh, decline rate in the United States. Okay, seven on a good day. That's ridiculous. 13% would suggest there is a massive amount of criminal fraud, stolen credit cards. And, and this is before you get to refunds, okay? And this is before you get to real criminal stuff, right? Like criminal stuff, people stealing credit cards. My view is, and I want to get off the payments conversation, is that the only fraudulent chargeback that should ever be fired, filed is when you have your, your credit card stolen. And it should be automatically reissued at a cost to the bank with a new number, fucking terminated. You know, why are you filing a chargeback against Andy and you're not terminating the entire use of July on that same credit card person? Because it costs a lot of money to reissue a new credit card. That's why. So when you start looking at the cost that is that is burdening the system that only one person pays, it's either the merchant who, who risks the capital to advertise on Facebook, Google, and some of these other bullshit sites that, like, if we lifted their skirt up, uh, let me tell you, we would see the big, some one of the biggest crimes in the history of mankind perpetrating consumers at a, a, a level I don't think history's ever, ever seen, okay? Because, you know, they got a problem with chargebacks, call Google. Call Facebook and say, hey, don't offer any more subscriptions. Stop them. Don't do it. Literally two phone calls. It would happen. You don't like negative options? Call Google and Facebook. Dude. It terminates the whole spec. If you have an advertiser with a subscription on Google, we will find you $1 million. Poof. Why is there an MCC code for subscriptions if it's so bad?
Okay. If it, you can't have all this stuff, you can't have AI come in here and go, okay, we have an MCC code. I think it's five, eight, six, seven, but we had negative options. Well, like, well, then why it's, is it legal? I mean, I know you guys say you hate porn, but you take, you know, all the porn, you just charge 350 basis points for it when you charge a normal guy a hundred, which is another, I mean, that could, that's an expose on uh 60 minutes. Why is it that Visa and MasterCard penalize a legal MCC code at a rate 300%? Like why? How do you brand? Oh, it's brand risk. Brand risk. Like, is it legal or not? Oh, your shareholders don't like it. Is that it? Yeah, your shareholders don't like it, but they are okay with it at 300 basis points. Cool. Now I know what kind of shareholders you got. That's awesome, dude. The morals of this group are like, wow, I will get paid to do something I don't really approve of doing. And I think it's a lot of money. Uh, I, I wish they would shut down all of this, this type of marketing. They don't like the Joe consumer. And I think they would be very surprised that these people will stop shopping at many places because they can't afford to buy. These consumers cannot afford to buy the, most of the products online the way they're buying them in these programs because they're broke. And they're broke. So what they do is they go, hey, I'll try a little gimmicky thing and take some risk. And I will remember to make the phone call in 10 days. And the problem with the whole system is like, dude, this person entered into a contract with a retailer. Okay, cool. Let's assume it's a scammy retailer and he makes his product up. Quite frankly, most people I know that sell some of this stuff, they're buying the stuff from the same people that make the products, the commodity people. I mean, there's three companies in the world that make serums or facial, facial stuff, which by the way is 13% of the entire plastic market, okay, is health and beauty. So if you look at the consumer, this has been going on 200 years, man, where consumers wanna buy things that make them feel good, okay? Humanity is broken. They'll spend $2 on TikTok, okay? I mean, I, I, the girls hit me up on TikTok and they're, they're willing to give their bodies in an hour of their life up for a hundred bucks, man. Okay. And then you go to TikTok and hey, guess what? They'll do it for a thousand. I mean, like I've never seen anything like this world, right? And I'm not judging whatsoever. I'm 65 years old and I think I'm the youngest guy in the game because I'm looking at this from a macro level going, hey, the whole infrastructure is broken. This is akin to having the first Carson bug of uh, the first car trying to roll around on the old infrastructure that the horse and buggy was built on. And it's going to come to a breaking point. I think we're there actually. Um, we're there both from a regulatory uh, point that they've lost total control of being able to like, they're, they're literally bouncing around from big, big, big issue to big issue. I don't, I can't go that far. I was going to give them a little break, but uh, I think they're sticking their nose in the stuff that they don't understand. Like you can't have three different global macro sets of rules about how payments work with the consumer and stop forgetting the consumer is in one domicile. And like, he didn't give a fuck what the rules are in Japan or in Saudi Arabia. He's like, hey dude, I just wanted to buy the product. Well, what's wrong with having a global terms and conditions? Hey, what's, what's wrong with having a central depository? Hey, you file a chargeback? It's going, this is what I wanted to build at CB now. I wanted to call it the clearinghouse. Everybody laughed at me. It will only ever get fixed 
where you have a central depository, you remove all of the decentralized players because decentralization is stupid. It's grossly inefficient. And I will argue uh, yeah, a long time with these Bitcoin people that decentralization is extremely inefficient. The only reason you do it is because centralized people have the same issue that the credit card industry has on chargebacks in their decentralized thing. Every decentralized player has a bias. He is extremely biased, usually on one side of the equation. It's a cost issue. His P&L has a bias. 99% of these banks are vendors. Let's really call them what they are. They're vendors. They're not banks. There's only three or four banks in the world. Those 62,000 people in the case of America, right, their bonuses are tied to how many hours they spent and did they make money in their little chargeback division or did they reduce cost or whatever their little metric is. So literally the whole decentralized group is against each other because everybody's trying to make arbing the system, this very, 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 very old complex system that's fragmented. So of course you're going to arbitrage you lose your cases because you probably just missed a comma, okay? Or you told them too much, or you told them too little, or you didn't check every box that these people are sticking these things into a program or sending them to a pro like me and going, hey, bro, you forgot to, you know, dot the I. Loser, see ya. Like, you'd never want to charge back against us. Is the merchant? Never. But that wasn't our business. Our business was to go help the merchant. Because, see, I don't think, I've never met anybody that likes chargebacks except me. Me, Visa, MasterCard, we love them. But I have a business around. Nope, I, I've never met a retailer that likes chargebacks, okay? I've met many retailers who get caught up in an advertising spin that they have no true understanding on and the matrix of how advertising now works. And that is the, that's the great lie that no one wants to look at. The cost of acquisition of these merchants in this pathway is extreme risk. Okay, it is like drilling for oil 3,000 miles offshore, okay, offshore anywhere. It is extremely risky because it has so many like pitfalls. I mean, you might not have a problem with, uh, with your chargebacks, but if Strike got hit with a big system, dude, you're getting a phone call Saturday morning and you're done. There is no one that can tell me that I can't have or shouldn't have as many fucking bank accounts uh, being a merchant playing on an international scale, no one could ever defend that that is an, in, an inaccurate way of handling your business. One, from a diversified position. And two, you can't get one acquiring bank. I'll give you a million dollars if you can get a bank say, I will never shut you down. Well, if you'll never, if they say they will never shut you down, and in some cases you have to agree to it, but some period of time with them, so look how lopsided this is. You're going to pay reservation fees for years two and three, but they just shut your ass down tomorrow morning, dude. Uh, we don't like your vertical anymore, dude. You know why they don't like your vertical? Because they got too many other people in that, that same vertical. And all those chargebacks happened at all the same time at the same period. And Because you know how advertising goes, man. We're not selling coaching in, in, at Christmas. See? And, and the, the authorities don't understand that. The regulators don't understand that. Hey, this is very cyclical commodity trading now. Andy is buying a futures contract. He is. He wants that futures contract to, to expire in the money, okay? You're selling an option, a, a, a very simple option, in fact. You're telling the guy, hey, man, you hang with me. 
guarantee you I'm there. Okay. But you got to do your piece of the action. You, he bought an option from you. You don't charge him $12,000 immediately. Right. So it costs you probably a thousand dollars to make the sale because you had to hang on the phone with him. You're trying to help him. You're not selling him anything different than an automobile. Okay. Like it's the same thing. He saw value there at that moment. Well, now that I use the automobile, I don't know about you, but, but every time I bought an automobile and sat in it and drove out the driveway, I was like, man, I wish I could have, should I done that? Should I gotten this color? And the buyer's remorse is part of the consumption thing. Usually if you have a conscious buyer, right? So it gets fixed because it gets on the blockchain. Actually, it won't get fixed because it gets on the blockchain. I think you're going to have merch, a host. Dude, why, why would you ever? I wouldn't take, I would give a 15% discount on, to take Bitcoin. This is what I think is going to happen to. I, I was with um, a Visa, I think, a long time ago. And I said, hey, uh, why do I have to pay the same amount for my batteries online? What do you mean? Man? Well, my credit's better than any, my credit's better than yours, dude. So why do I have to pay the same amount you have to pay for online? I, I should get a discount because I'm a zero credit risk. Like I, I don't file refunds. I don't file, I don't file refunds. Man. I give it stuff away. Uh oh, my bad. I'm an adult. Like imagine if everybody just was responsible for what they did. Okay. And we had one set of rules. Now people would buy things. You, you, your service levels would go up. Anyway, you can't put this much human stuff into, into uh, 13,000 issuing banks, 10,000 acquiring banks and ISOs and processors and vendors and call centers. People now adding phones and apps and Stripe. And I mean, there's seven credit cards in my system. Poor issuer bank. Dude, I wouldn't want to be in the issuing bank business. Like, just get out of it, okay? There's no place for you anymore. I mean, seriously, I actually believe that. Ten, maybe 10 issuing banks will re, re, keep a position in this planet. Their regional banks go away. Nobody. When was the last time you were in a brick and mortar bank, dude? Really? Months ago. Well, you don't need to be there. It's a negative ESG. Okay. If your banks are building buildings in the middle of town, they look like $2 million houses in the middle of a fucking industrial complex. I think that's a negative ESG score, like a thousand percent. You should go to prison. If we're going to do the whole greeny thing, the fuck are you doing building a building when three people go in it every day? Okay. And you know what those three people do? Hey, man, I have $12 here. It's not balancing. I mean, really, that can be handled with a robot. Okay. That's why, that's why like, we should be laying our hands down to the manners of technology saying thank you for coming along at exactly the right moment because everything including especially in the united states dude it's 100 years old at least the whole construct the entire construct the euro dollar the way we look at the world and need to be the military police everything is failing okay uh and we're, we're gonna i think we're gonna hit a a point of hey one of these sides got to win okay so I, I hope I'm wrong, but I think I think you're me reaching a point where something's got to break because it's it's neither you can't be this polarized for this long and be efficient. I think you're gonna the America's gonna start losing position pretty pretty substantially. What's your thoughts on sort of the U.S. currency staying the reserve currency? Well, I don't think any fiat currency stays forever. 
This one's been going on a long time. This is the second oldest currency in the world. Most people couldn't name number five. Um, we've had what? How many? How many hundreds or thousands of currencies fail? Not not one currency has survived the man. You know the his the lineage of man mankind. So I don't need. I don't think I need to get into this. You know the engineering of why, but like all I have to do is look back in history and go, wow, they all failed. That's interesting. Now, why would that be? Well, it's because somebody's taking something out of the bin and they're not adding value back into it. that. That's just the base. I mean, it's Rome, Egypt, the Egyptian. Come on, man. It's not rocket science. Okay. It, when you start spending more money than you have, you have to start doing something. You, you, I know the story of Enron. The story of Enron started in 1987 on a crude oil trade. You know, what, what happens is that you make a mistake in your life, whether you're, look, what a, what's a human being and what's a corporation? They're entities, okay? It's, it, it's just an organism. An entity goes into this, he makes a mistake, he starts looking around for survival mechanisms, finds this little gap and says, oh shit, I can do this little mark-to-market, little engineering, this financial little twist, and he gets away with it, you know? And then guess what happens, you know, six months when he has another little problem on his little quarterly earnings. That's the other thing, okay? You've turned most of these corporations into fucking vampires because you're making them act on a quarterly basis, report to 22-year-old kids, all coming from the same schools, all asking the same questions, all with exactly the same amount of experience and metrics. And you're trying to run a multi-billion dollar corporation and hit a quarterly earnings report. Like, what the hell is that about, dude? The Chinese are going to destroy us if they can survive their long game. Um, I actually think they have more problems than we do. But uh, so, look, nothing hangs forever. If I was working, like the only time I have ever thought about political uh, ambitions has been in the last year. And, like, I would literally go work for any president who said, I don't really care what you're party is uh in fact i would like there to be no parties if i was the president i'd be like hey this red and blue shit we're done i mean it, like we need we need a captain of industry to run this thing for a while for about 12 years i think look first i you know i would ask the question is the u.s dollar construct and, and uh, petrodollar construct actually good for anyone is it? Is it? I mean, maybe that's the question the world should be asking right now is, hey, is this still healthy? Okay. I don't think it's healthy. And not only do I not think it's healthy, but I don't think it will survive the next, the next game unless the government were to get really smart and move into crypto. And this is what they may be just trying to crush this market so they can just move in and buy as much of this shit as they possibly can. But if I was working in the U.S. government, let me tell you something. This country, dude, we would already have our fiscal fucking problems solved because there is a way out of this. It's a thin little window. Um, and I actually think that there is a tremendous strategic play that could be made by the U.S. on Bitcoin and or Ethereum, uh, well, and or, but most certainly Bitcoin. And I would uh, suggest that the U.S. will delay and others will do it. So it is an eventuality that it will happen. And that then starts the game of it's an exciting game, man.
because uh, you you could take a number three hundred player tournament and number ten player overnight. I mean, not overnight, over five years, to a decade. That is overnight in geopolitical terms. Okay, that's one, two administrations and one president. Uh, you could go into, uh, yeah, I totally believe it. Okay, um, I, I could give you a thousand reasons that Bitcoiners don't necessarily give you. And for sure, most Americans, you're in Australia, so I'm going to lump you in this crowd because we're just spoiled rotten, dude. They were spoiled rotten. I mean, I'm talking to Bitcoin miners and they're talking about how efficient they are, efficient they are. I'm like, what the hell are y'all talking about, dude? What are we all talking about? Okay. Energy is too cheap, period, by a factor of at least three. Energy is too cheap by a factor of three. That's the other thing I would do if I was in the U.S. government. I'd stop all the wars. Not, not doing any of that shit, dude. Let's let oil go to 300 fucking dollars. Okay. Let's let, I would rather pay. As a citizen, I pay $2.50 and I'm embarrassed. $2.50 for a gallon of gasoline. I'm embarrassed it's that cheap, dude. Okay, it should be $12. Uh, the Brits have been paying $8 for years. You're, you pay $8 to $10 net net. You don't care how much the government's taking. All you care about is how much did that gallon cost me? I'll bet you that your movement in a vehicle is extremely different than mine. Why? Because gasoline is priced correctly to you, but it's priced incorrectly to me, and therefore I waste it. Electricity is priced way too cheap to both of us and i'm going to prove it to you i'm gonna blow your mind actually oh wow an old man could do that to me i'll debate anyone at harvard or anywhere else okay and i only got to ask this one question dude did you turn your laptop off last night when you went to bed i did you did you did oh my god an angel okay so you're one of you know three thousand people did you pull out the plug from your tv at source no there are 60 million people in the united kingdom okay that's about the size of australia right what are y'all 40 million 48 uh 30 million 30 million everybody pulls the card out of the wall 300 megawatt coal fire power station goes off the grid we're so spoiled it's ridiculous okay we're so spoiled i mean you, why why do you keep the freaking tv plugged in if you power down the computer. I'm sure you most people don't do. I bet I got five computers in here, five TVs. I burn shit up like it's ridiculous. And that is showing because it's too cheap. So I think our paradigms are so messed up. The other thing is why the greenies want the cheap price. Let oil go to 300 bucks, dude. Start arguing about the war. Don't argue about the carbon because you're not going to win the carbon problem when the Chinese are putting up a power station every week. Okay, like who? I'm not. I'm not up for any steps. I'm not fucking helping carbon reduction if the Chinese are going to blow out coal. It's ridiculous waste of my money, man. I might as well go do an Elon thing. Hey, let's get the fuck out of here. So you know, we have a global geopolitical market. We have a massive tension in that geopolitical fractionization that just two and a half years ago everyone had an erection about how global we were going to be and the commerce we were going to be. Wow, didn't that change? Uh, we have COVID one period of time, and the next day, right as COVID gets resolved, magically, almost like, I don't know, ABC doing their soap operas in the middle of the afternoon, Turkey blew up like a freaking storm. I mean, literally within 12 hours, okay? So I feel like I'm in a drama 
that's got a script being played by other people. There's a multitude of stages and uh, the show just keeps getting more and more interesting, offering opportunities for people. I would ask you the question is, hey, why are you being a retailer in a market that's fraught with a bunch of risk when a hundred trillion dollar industry is being farmed right now while you talk to me, literally under our feet, the, the entire foundation is being restructured. And why are you wasting your, not wasting your time, but why sell something to consumers you can only sell so many to because the system will break you if you get too big anyway, right? And here's a $100 trillion industry that, wow, I'm 65, dude. I never need to ever work ever again in my life. I just sold a business. I've been in four industries and I'm looking at this industry going, this thing is awesome. I don't, I mean, y'all are, you're too young to be looking at this old world, dude. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm asking you, hey, where's the ups? Where's the ups on selling a sales program online with knowing that the issues that comes with and knowing that you cannot control most of those outcomes. In fact, none of them. You're in a business that you cannot control whether the stripes playing with you or not tomorrow, but you're committed to play no matter if you like it or not. And if your volume shuts down, you still pay them some reservation fee. MasterCard could change the rules tomorrow morning. Ah, we don't like coaching programs above $8,000. Let me tell you something, dude. When I was 21 years old, I saw the federal government come in and go, none of you people that signed 30-year contracts with ExxonMobil, none of you have to honor it. None of you have to honor it. We have to deregulate this market. ExxonMobil just took advantage of you guys and all his, their buddies. So game's over. Contracts are gone. See, I don't like being in businesses like that because I can't control a lot of shit. Like I'm really good at what I do when I focus on something, but I can't, I can't, I mean, for instance, me, I'm better off going to Las Vegas than playing in the stock market. I think the stock market is one of the most rigged casinos. It, like, like, like it's so bad. Okay. But my odds are literally better in Vegas uh, than they are on wall street in the equity market. I'm sitting on top of a digital asset world where I think everything we do in the next five years will be measured, accounted for, tracked, traced, and it will all be digitized. And most everything we do will be Uberized. We will not pay monthly fees for these services. We will pay as we use it and we will love it. Like I think the Klaus guy that everybody hates, you might hate him, dude, but I think he's telling the truth. You're not gonna own anything and you should never have in the first place. See, that's the piece they don't leave off, that they, they, they don't add. No one should have ever owned a home, man. It's bullshit, dude. Look at this place. Oh, you can't see. There's no, like, I want to rent, okay? Smart money rents. And smarter money owns something that can be rented, right? So I would rather rent something and take my capital, own something, and rent it out to someone because... I'm not fraught with all the headaches. I, I don't believe house is a good investment whatsoever, especially if you start thinking about like, hey, if I like, hey man, want a job? Want a job? Come work for me, Andy. Move, get rid. Oh, dude, I, I got a house. Oh, good, dude. I'm glad you got a house. Fucking sell the house, dude. Nah, dude, can't sell the house. You know, I mean, it's my grandmother, or I just bought it, and I'm like, whoa, like, why are you putting that anchor around your neck, right? Why would you, oh yeah, well, you know, my, my girl really likes it. Well, fucking let your girl go make a million dollars on the farm. 
in Australia uh, making jalapenos, right? Like, fuck, dude, this is the real world, right? You're, you're not going to make any money on a farm, you know, two-acre farm. So this is going to be, I think, uh, I, I would be looking into the future and saying, hey, what businesses are going to survive? Because I think the internet, that whole internet thing, all these issues go away, dude, because when I, I said one thing to you, see, I was asked, what I was trying to ask Visa, Andy, was why do I have to pay the same as the guy that is an abusive filer of chargebacks, a high refunder, and he's got a bunch of credit card issues and credit problems? And he said, we could never do that. Politically, it would be a nightmare. It would be a nightmare, right? Well, let me tell you, I'm already paying premiums for shit from retailers because they see me on certain devices. So I already know I'm paying a premium because they're targeting me because, oh, that cat's got the Google. Look at all the other devices he's got. He's rich. Okay, so I know, I, hey, prices move. Batteries, AA batteries, six months has volatility of 30%. Woo, retail, man. I'm talking about two batteries, dude, on the, on the internet. Just watch it. It's fascinating. I think what will end up happening is retailers will get so fed up with the fees okay it is not two and a half percent retailer add it all in and you go figure out what that fee is okay you're leaving four and a half or five percent on the table by the time you get everything done you do not settle for 180 days like literally no retailer like you can go to bed for 180 days for the sale you made today okay and by the way this is a never-ending escalator because by the very default of how the chargeback rules are set up if you stop making sales, you have a bigger problem, okay? And, and like when the industry becomes so twisted, when you start trying to, you know, govern how many sales you make to make sure you don't breach a chargeback rule, it's like, oh my God, man, what's the world coming to? I thought it was a revenue game, build a big business, uh, develop a good reputation, Hey, to my point on social media, go and so, let them go on social media and blare out on them. But it's it's non-sustainable. It will always go this way. So you guys like you will look at it and go, fuck, dude, I'll take 10 grand if you're using Bitcoin. I'll take 15 if you're using, you know, a check, because at least you're going to know pretty quick. And I'll do 17 if it's with a fucking credit card on a subscription. So Gary, what's the hierarchy? I think, I think you will. I think you will see some of that. But the only retailer that won't do that deal, once uh, he he doesn't want to honor his deal. See, it's a it's a beautiful thing, right? Like I know a retailer that wants to hit me on Bitcoin. Like, oh really? Dude? Like you're going to honor your deal in a smart contract? I don't expect that's going to happen for coaching programs very much, but. You just need a little bit of the edge to start happening. And then it starts to crumble. Because um, we started out how groups work, whether they're oligopolies, duopolies. Well, the retail segment and that group that serves them, they too will act as an organism. You know, they'll respond kind of like a herd, right? And, and at some point, they'll get fed up with it. Anyway, let me, let me shut up about payments. And then I got about uh, 10 minutes, man. And then let, let me get out of here, please. Okay, okay. I wrote down a bunch of different things. Talking about the $100 money industry, how do you get into that? You're talking about how like you wouldn't be getting into a business where everything's working against you, then what's the alternative? Wait, wait what's the question? Maybe, maybe I'm not sure. You mean the digital asset in the 100 trillion? Yeah, you talked about how 
if you were me or if you were young and you were starting a new business, you wouldn't be getting into digital products, you wouldn't get into coaching, you wouldn't get into retail, you'd be getting into this sort of digital ads, like money industry, is that what you mentioned? Yeah. Or what does that mean? Yeah, let me make sure that, that uh, what, what I really meant was, hey, um, we, we have a uh, evolving, uh, I think a hundred plus trillion dollar industry, what I call the digitization of planet Earth. Bitcoin, blockchain, Ethereum, maybe some of these other tokens, maybe not, I don't care. I'm not really here to, Bitcoin alone could solve many of these problems and they will. I'm very pro other people that want to compete with Bitcoin. I think they're going to get chewed up like little pieces of pretzels on a freaking blistering hot day with a tidal wave hitting it. But everybody gets to bet on what they want to bet on. This is the cool thing about this industry, dude. First off, you're going to look at a $30,000 crypto, a digital asset called Bitcoin, in my opinion. My, I, I'm my twin brothers. I think I was one of his first, very first investors, if not his first. And we were buying doors in Arizona, apartment doors. I, I said, hey, I don't need to know the cap rate. Tell me how much you're paying per door. And we were buying it for 25 and 35. I'm like, I'm in, dude. Let's just keep doing this, right? Well, I think we're going to look back. Now, those doors are $200,000. I think we'll look back on Bitcoin this very In 10 years, we'll go, whoa, I could have bought Bitcoin at 30000 It's the same as the apartment door. Isn't that interesting? Mm. Um, so that's one. Guess what? If I'm right, this thing's going to a quarter of a million dollars in probably the next two years. This is one of the greatest opportunities for people that are unskilled, unknowable, unknowledged to go tap into a whole world of digital information, get some information on this industry and ask yourself, why wouldn't you want to be at the very beginning of that industry? That is an industry. It's not about Bitcoin. People are really misunderstanding this. Bitcoin is going to be an industry, okay? And, and there's going to be a lot of things wrapped around it. So I'm trying to hire people right now. And guess what I don't need? I don't need you to know anything about payments. I don't need you to know anything about finance. I don't need you to know anything about anything that anyone teaches you in college, dude, or high school. But I can't hire anybody just in high school. So this is an opportunity as a blank canvas for any person skilled or not skilled, genius or not genius, to actually show up in this space. And how do you do it? Like, I don't know one entrepreneur that has too many great people picking up problems for them. Now, I do, I've never met. Ask your next guest. Hey, man, have you, ever, have you ever had just too many great people? Have you ever had too many people jumping up going, hey, can I get you a coffee, dude? Who cares what they're doing, okay? Um, just anything to make the brains like easier to work. I don't need to be doing accounting. I, I'm better off doing something like this with you. People go, Hey, how do you make the time to do stuff with strangers? I just walked past 13 envelopes full of mail. I have no, I'm, I will not open those. I don't care about those. I'm not going to like get all care. I'm going to hire somebody to do that and they'll do it better than me. Right. And so now I'm actually giving somebody a job. I value them. Okay, cool, dude. I'm only paying you 30. I'm paying her 60 grand a year or whatever. Um, but like, you're going to do it all. Don't even, I don't even want to see it. Okay. Tell me when there's a problem. Uh, so that I could, like, I think, Hey, if this 
God does something with somebody and he's honest with them one day and it helps somebody. How can that hurt me? Can't hurt the universe, possibly. And the only reason I was saying that to you was I stay away from businesses that I have risk I cannot control. I am a trader, dude. Like I will stop a trade so fast it'll blow your mind. But I'm a I'm not a trader. I'm actually a speculator. And once I get on a, a journey, notice I tell you, hey, I spent 17 years at a company and then I sold all my stock on one day. Well, most people didn't do that. They sold a little bit early and they just well, guess what? That became a lifestyle business for them. Me, I looked at it and went, party's over, dude. Sell, buy, move on. And that's what I wanted to do with chargebacks. Left $200 million on the table because I, my partner was a ding dong. Um, and I look at this industry and go, wow, I bought Node 40. I'm doing a $12 million raise. on Node 40 will be the best business I've ever bought ever, ever fucking. If Actually, Node 40 actually might give me a good reputation for having an eye for businesses and ideas and strategy. Uh, this is going to be a, such a cool deal. See, there's a business that like we have the ability to completely transform and shape the rules by which other people measure the financial value of the, their assets. And that's so cool, man. But I don't have a tax background. No, I failed accounting. <laughs> I haven't balanced my checkbook in like a thousand years, uh, but I don't have to understand that stuff. I have to understand, hey, look, you have an analog world, okay, a legacy world and all that comes with it, board meetings, quarterly earning reports, dude, the whole thing comes fucking shambling down because in order to live in the digital world, you have to have consistent rules, man. Everything's measured. And that's what we're going through right now. We're just capitulating all over the place. We're having little tiny strokes. You know, vampires going to show, we're going to see so many bad companies, dude. General Electric's been a vampire company for, I think, for 10 years. Vampire, okay? Horrible, horrible company. Masquerading is a good guy. And, and there's a lot of them. You know, another example, don't get too comfortable. When was the last time you even thought, heard, or listened to the following three letters? I-B-M. Kodak. See, I mean, it's like, but they, they make a lot of noise in the beginning, but when, when they die, dude, nobody really hears about it. It's just a whisper, right? A little whimper. People just forget because they're like, NVIDIA, Google. Okay, but someone's eating somebody's lunch, right? There's been a restructuring of the entire monopoly board. And I actually think the United States and the whole world is getting ready to go through another challenge they've never seen before. And let's end with this. The United States government has never, ever had to compete with people who have a better fiscal condition as individuals than the entire government. Okay, you're talking about guys now that have so much money. I mean, there's a reason the Chinese kind of reconditioned uh, uh, Ma, right? I mean, everybody says, oh, no, none of that happened well. Mr. Ma's behavior today is a little bit different than it was three years ago. I think that's really undeniable. And uh, I have never met a man that couldn't be put under pressure to do something. We have people now worth, I mean, I think there's probably at least 20 trillionaires on the planet and has been for a long time. The United States government could really find itself in a very bizarre position if three or four of those trillionaires, 
That is a lot of zeros. Okay. What, what if three of them decide, hey, you know, I'm just going to go along Bitcoin, dude. I'm a whole, I'm a, I'm going to squeeze everything. And then what if you get one or two sovereigns? By the way, these trillionaires, they have the same access the United States president has to everyone. In fact, they have more access because they're funner to hang out with. So this is, dude, we, we are entering unfreaking chartered territories, okay? Like you could have all kinds of virtual sovereign interconnections, alliances, because in reality, what we've learned over the last two, 200 years is there's no such thing as geopolitical boundaries. We will violate them anytime we desire. So what is different than having a digital reality, a digital geopolitical sovereign? Whole, it only takes a few hundred, hundred thousand million, 20 million people to say, hey, I agree on a set of rules. And in fact, I agree on Bitcoin too. And we're going to, because what is a what is a nation? It's a group of people that agree on one common set of things. It doesn't have to be like I like you. I, you know, you don't have to be in Arizona for me to like you anymore. You see what technology's done? A hundred years ago, my my mother would have said, "Oh, well, no, my friends are in Lake Charles," and she would have been deadly right. But now, like, oh yeah, my friends are all over the place. I threw a party, dude. I'm an old guy, right? I should stop saying that, but I'm not like, I threw a party of 300 people here two months ago. 15 of them were from Twitter spaces. Now that's not really a lot. They were all from out of the state. Okay. And three of them were from out of the country. 15 people out of 300 show up on Twitter spaces. And I saw them having a blast and we became really good friends. So this world, dude, we're playing in a whole different universe here. Um, and that's why I asked you that question. Hey, why is a young guy working in an industry having to learn a lot of nuances about Stripe and payments and having to pivot freaking when there's an industry here, go find a guy like me, dude, like that and learn it. Okay. Because you will be one, one, one thousandth of a percent of people that do this. And no one is going to ask you after six months. Hey, uh, how many colleges did you go to stu study Bitcoin and digital digital activities or NFTs? Dude, nobody asks. Nobody gives a fuck. The baggage you're coming with is actually a problem. It's it's a problem, and that's what I I'm actually moving Node Forty to basically be able to use. It's a taxing accounting forensics tool for for crypto. And my direction to the team is. Hey, look, make the, make the answers of what we do such that a professional taking care of the Bitcoin investor who understands mostly what he's doing so that the professional doesn't have to understand blockchain or Bitcoin or Avi or anything else. And he can understand, but he understands numbers and he can understand, boom, boom, here you go. Now that's value. Man. Why are you going to make an old 60 year old? 80% of the tax and accounting people in the world, 60 years old, you're not going to make them learn this, but you can give them, you can exploit it by giving them something saying, solve your problem. There'll be so many businesses. I could build five businesses right now. Last question, Gary, given that, you know, nothing is real, everything's fake, money's being printed, it's all digital, nothing lasts, companies always get forgotten. 
where do you stand, given that sort of nothing lasts and nothing matters and everything's fake? Well, I don't think that I said everything's fake. Um, I think everything, I'm going to, I'm I'm going to, my body's going to drop one day. I'm, my heart's not going to be able to handle it. Um, I think I go on. Uh, I think we have more freedom than we've ever had. You know, we have a lot of news now. It's a lot of bad news, a lot of craziness, nuclear war, this war and politics. But as a world, we have more freedom than we've ever had. We're spoiled rotten. You, me, we're spoiled rotten, dude. Spoiled to the fucking core, okay? We have become convenience addicts. I believe that actually I have never met someone in the last 25 years that is not an extreme addict, okay? By the very perfect definition of they go into frenzy and change emotional behavior if you take certain things away from them. And that could be Prada shoes. It could be Netflix. The sad thing is, you know, the, pro the products just become worse and worse and worse. But they're all junkies, dude. 92% of all the opiates consumed on planet Earth, North America. Okay. Why? Why? Like most of the gambling's done in London. All the advertising is gambling. Y'all too. Y'all love the gambling shit, right? You don't think Bitcoin's going to take over the gambling market, dude? Ain't nobody paying 7% fucking processing fees for gambling when they can do it with crypto. Watch. Visa MasterCard. I'll tell you this, Visa MasterCard, you get spanked. You get spanked when you lose the gambling business, okay? When the gaming gambling business gets starts to move to crypto, game's over, fiat. Porn, same thing. And they will be the first to move to it because they made the plastic industry. The porn industry made credit card, the credit card virtual online web, www. It made it and it usually does make every industry. Gaming and gambling, I think it's a severe part of the income stream for processing. It'll move to Bitcoin because the game, what do the gambler doesn't want? What does the casino not want? I don't know. We're not reversing trades. Okay. We have the chargeback business had gambling casino type gambling customers, and we never ever saw a chargeback that was a winner. Probably just a coincidence. It's probably just a coincidence that the only chargebacks ever filed were gambling losses. All right, buddy. Listen, good luck to you. Congratulations. Uh, don't, uh, I know we didn't cover this, but you can't just use any of my stuff, you know, smash my name or video stuff out there, right? I know there's a lot of that stuff goes on online. Please, I, I, I haven't even asked you to do, do that, but do not. If, if, if that happens, it, it, it won't be fun for either one of us. Um, just I know that space really well. I would also say, hey, bro, there's easier ways to make a living. Really? Okay. But, really but I'll tell you something, that, that industry, extremely valuable to learn from when you start, if you start looking at, have you read the white paper on Bitcoin? I have not. Oh, bro. Come on, man. Go read the white paper, dude. Very, very interesting, okay? Satoshi's white paper. You can even get it on YouTube and they'll, and they'll do it on YouTube. It's 22 minutes long. It's not Satoshi's white paper. Consume everything you can do about digital assets. Okay. We, you are living in the making of history. We will write about this. McKinsey will write novels about this one day. And, and I, I'm literally the largest transfer of wealth and power and power. It's not just about the money anymore.
greatest transfer of wealth and power in the history of mankind and study Michael Saylor and study his stock. See what he did to a $60 stock by thinking out of the box with Bitcoin, dude. All right, man. Thank you very much, dude. Thank you, Gary. I really appreciate your time. You are so gracious. You're so passionate. And, and I love how authentic, real you are. I had a ton of questions I wanted to ask, but I was just listening. So I didn't want to interrupt. But thank you for your time today. Did we cover most of it? I think we, we sort of went on a bunch of different tangents and I loved it all. And I have a bunch of questions, but I think just from listening, I sort of got the gist of the answers. So I really appreciate your sort of your, your rants. I, I've learned a lot. Cool, man. Take care. Have a good one. So yeah, that was another episode. Usually I ask a lot more questions, but I just didn't want to interrupt. But hopefully you guys got some value from today's episode. It was very cool, very unique. Like I, I've learned so much. It was like we went on, on like a bunch of different topics. So hopefully you guys got value and I'll see you guys next week with another episode. Peace.